How many of you remember the title of last Sunday's message? I see one hand. The word come. Remember last Sunday? Isaiah 55, come. The title of today's message is go. So I guess the question we ask, are we coming or going? When you get older, you ask yourself the question, sometimes am I coming or going? Why did I come into this room? Am I, did I just get here? Am I leaving? What am I doing? So do we come or do we go? The answer is yes. <laughs> we come to Jesus and then we go and we share the good news. And we find a wonderful example of that in Acts chapter 8, the life of a man by the name of Philip who was called by God to go. Acts chapter 8 Verse 26, But an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, saying, Get up and go. Go south to the road that descends from Jerusalem to Gaza. That is a desert road. So he got up and went. And there was an Ethiopian eunuch, a court of official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of all her treasure. And he had come to Jerusalem to worship. And he was returning and sitting in his chariot and was reading the prophet Isaiah. Then the Spirit said to Philip, Go up and join this chariot. Philip ran up and heard him reading Isaiah the prophet and said to him, Do you understand what you are reading? And he said, How could I unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Now the passage of Scripture which he was reading was this. He was led as a sheep to slaughter, and as a lamb before its shearers is silent, so he does not open his mouth. In humiliation, his judgment was taken away. Who will relate his generation? For his life is removed from the earth. The eunuch answered Philip and said, Please tell me, of whom does the prophet say this? Of himself or someone else? Then Philip opened his mouth, and beginning from this scripture, he preached Jesus to him. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, we praise you for your goodness to us in sending your Son, Jesus, to be our Savior. And we thank you, Lord, that you have given to us the privilege to proclaim him, the privilege to go on behalf of Jesus, to, to answer that call, uh, Whom shall I send? Lord, I pray, like Isaiah the prophet, we would say, Here am I, Lord. Send me. So, Father, teach us this morning as we open your word. Guide us into your truth. Lord, we believe that your word is everlasting truth. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. The word go is one of the smallest words in the English language. There's two letters. But it may be just the biggest word in missions. Do you find that it's easier to talk about missions or to give to missions or to pray for missions than it is to go? Easier to put a check in the offering than to say, Lord, send me. Lord, where do you want me to go? Who do you want me to reach? Philip was that kind of a man who was willing to go. When God called him to go, he went right away. And, and he stands then as a picture of what our response ought to be when God calls us to go. Now maybe you're thinking, well, Philip was in full-time ministry. 
And therefore, because I'm not in full-time ministry, I don't even like that phrase because we're all in full-time ministry, but this doesn't really apply to me, but think about it. Uh, Hughes, R. Kent Hughes says, Philip's ministry began as a lay deacon, humbly doling out the widow's portions in the Jerusalem church, Acts chapter 6. He goes on to say, but it soared to unimagined heights when persecution hit. Though he was not a pro, he puts in quotes, God's power flowed through him, first to the despised Samaritans. Large numbers of them came and believed in the good news of Jesus, and then to the Ethiopian eunuch. And so this text doesn't just apply to pastors and missionaries. This is all of us. God calls us to go. So I'd suggest to you there are several lessons we can learn from this passage of Scripture. First of all, we need to be willing to go whenever God wants us to go. If I had been Philip, I think I would have kind of wondered about God's uh, timing here. Because Philip, as this call was given, was in the midst of a revival. If you go back earlier in the chapter, of uh, Acts chapter 8, it says in verse 5 that he got, went down to a city of Samaria and began proclaiming Christ to them. The crowds with one accord were giving attention to what was said by Philip as they heard and saw the signs which he was performing. For in the case of many who had unclean spirits, they were coming out of them shouting with a loud voice, and many who had been paralyzed and lame were healed. Then verse 8 says, So there was much rejoicing in that city. Now, I don't know if you've ever been in the midst of revival where wonderful things are happening. I think of a time when I was in college and God was doing some very wonderful things amongst the youth in our community. And I look back on that and I think that was a a wonderful movement of God. It was an exciting time. And so Philip was, he was ministering during a very exciting time in that city. And then God calls him to leave that place. Philip obeyed. Twice we see the call to go, and both times Philip went. Verse 26, the angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, saying, Go. Verse 27, he got up and went. Verse 29, the Spirit said to Philip, Go, and Philip ran. And so you see that that willingness, that, that obedience. When God called him to go, he was willing to go. Leroy Imes, in his book, Disciples in Action says, Here we see one of the great reasons why the first century disciples were so mightily used of God. They did not hesitate to obey. Whenever God wants us to go, we need to be willing to go. The second lesson we learn is wherever God wants us to go. We need to go as well. So if Philip was wondering about the timing of this call, he probably also wondered about the place to which God had called him. Because here he was in this city where there were all kinds of people. Lives were being changed. Notice where God tells him to go. Verse Verse 26 says, You take the road that descends from Jerusalem to Gaza. And then Luke adds that this is a desert road. One author says that there were two roads from Jerusalem to Gaza, 
And the Spirit commands Philip to take the one that was seldom used. So if you're Philip and you're thinking, okay, here we are in the midst of revival in this city where there's all kinds of people, and now you want to send me out in the desert. What sense does that make? Would God really call me to go out into the desert? As strange as it may seem, God led his people often into the desert. And he always had a good reason for that. I think of Moses. Remember, he was led out into the backside of the wilderness and the desert. What did he see there? The glory of God. That was when he saw that, that burning bush that didn't, wasn't consumed. And then God called him to, to deliver the people of Israel. Think of David. How much time did he spend out in the desert? Running from King Saul and running from Absalom. And yet in the desert, how many of the Psalms were written during those times? God used that time in a wonderful way in his life. Or we think of John the Baptist. Basically, his entire ministry was, was spent out in the desert. So God has reasons for us, sometimes interesting reasons, for sending us to a place where we ask ourselves, Lord, why in the world did you send me here? What do you want me to accomplish here? And I kind of wonder if that was going through Philip's mind, but God had good reason to send him there because there was a man who needed Jesus. There was a man coming back from Jerusalem who didn't understand the Word of God. And Philip was the one who shared with him. I remember a pastor friend telling me one time when he ended up in the hospital, I thought, Lord, why this? You know, I've got ministry, I've got people to visit, I've got things to do, and kind of discouraged. And lo and behold, the one that he brought into the, the Lord brought into the room in the other bed was a man who needed the Lord. And that pastor was able to share the gospel with him, and in that hospital room led him to Jesus. And the pastor said, okay, Lord, I, I see now. I see why you sent me here. Seemed like a desert place. Seemed like a place he didn't want to be. And yet God led him to a man who needed the Lord. So whenever and wherever. And then thirdly, go to whomever God wants us to go. If it seems like an unusual time and an unusual place for Philip to go, it also seems like an unusual person that Philip would meet. Not that there's something wrong with this Ethiopian man. It's just, like, it's just that Philip and this Ethiopian man were, were so different. Such a contrast between Philip and, and this man. For one thing, he was an Ethiopian and Philip was a Jew. And you know what things were like between the Jews and the Gentiles in those days. So here you have a, a Jewish man meeting a Gentile, an Ethiopian man. That was not always the most pleasant uh, meeting. Besides that, this Ethiopian man was a very rich man, a wealthy man. He was in charge of the treasury of the queen. Philip, probably not a very wealthy man, so you have that, that contrast. The Ethiopian was also a very important man as, as far as worldly standards are concerned. He was called an important official by Luke. Philip, as far as the things of the world go, he wasn't the most uh, well-known, influential man. He helped serve the widows in the, the church. That was his uh, name to fame. So you could hardly find two people that were as different 
as Philip and this Ethiopian eunuch. Yet this is the man that, that God wanted Philip to meet. So he led him to that place, at that time, to that man, because Philip had the answer to this man's need. It didn't matter how different they were from one another. This Ethiopian man had a, had a need. And Philip knew the answer to that need. That man needed Jesus. So God might send you to someone that might be very different than you. One that you think, how in the world am I going to identify with this person? How am I going to click with this person? How am I going to reach this person? Well, here we see an example of that. Where Philip was so very different from this man. But God had a wonderful plan. And Philip was willing to go. So whenever, wherever, to whomever. And finally, go for whatever God wants to do through us. When we are willing to go... We're willing to say, Lord, here am I. Send me. I believe God can do some amazing things. God can work in some wonderful ways. And as you look at this whole story, you see some wonderful things. You think of the timing of God. In order for Philip to have even met this man, the timing had to be perfect. Because Philip was in Samaria, which is miles north of Jerusalem. He was asked to go... Uh, to the road from Jerusalem to Gaza, which leads south from Jerusalem. And so Philip traveled several miles, and he arrived at the exact time to meet the man who was traveling from Ethiopia. Would you call that coincidence? Not at all. This was God's perfect timing. Ever seen that in your life where God brought you into contact with someone and it was so obvious that this was God's timing? Isn't that wonderful? Think of how God takes someone over here and God takes someone over there and they meet and the Lord is able to work in, in situations like that. So God's timing is, is certainly amazing. And think of God's preparation. How God had prepared this Ethiopian man for that meeting with, with Philip. Here he is coming back from Jerusalem. He had been to probably one of the feasts there. And he was a man that was interested in the things of God. Didn't really know the Lord yet, but, but he was seeking. And he's in his chariot and he's reading from the scroll of Isaiah. And he comes to this passage that clearly describes Jesus. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter. And as a lamb before its shearers is silent, so he does not open his mouth. In, humil in humiliation, his judgment was taken away. Who will relate his generation? For his life is removed from the earth. So he's reading this passage, and, and Philip is told to go and join him in the chariot, which he does. And Philip asks the question, do you understand what you're reading? And his answer is... <laughs> is really wonderful. How can I unless someone guides me? Would you call that an open door? Did Philip have to say, Lord, you want me to share something here? Is this, uh, is this a divine appointment? Is this an open door? It was so obvious that God had prepared that man's heart to hear what Philip had to say. 
And all that Philip had to do was to open his mouth and tell him about Jesus. Look at verse 35. It says, Then Philip opened his mouth, and beginning from this scripture, he preached Jesus to him. You know, if you're willing to go, you might meet someone whom God has so prepared to hear what you have to say that you will stand in awe of that. I think of a man by the name of Ian Thomas. He tells of getting on an airplane. Christian man. He said, I was tired. All I wanted to do was just curl up with a blanket and sleep on that flight. He said there was a noise he heard. Someone that said, Psst. Psst. There was a guy behind him. He said, I'm reading about Nicodemus in John chapter 3 of the Bible. And I don't understand it. Do you know anything about the Bible? (laughs) I'd call that an open door. I'd call that God's preparation for that man. And sure enough, instead of curling up and taking a nap, Lord, this must be the open door that you want for me. Led that man to Jesus. I remember one time early in my ministry when we lived out in North Dakota. It was later in the afternoon, probably 3.30 or so in the afternoon, and I was planning on heading back to the church. And I was just new there. I didn't know hardly any of the families yet. Just a few weeks into my ministry. And God laid upon my heart to stop at this home that I'd never been to before. Didn't know the family at all, but they were on the list, the member list, so I stopped in. And, and the guy was just driving into the driveway, getting out of his car. And um, he knew who I was because he had been in church, but I didn't really know him. Oh, pastor, he said, what are you doing here? He said, I said, well, I just... I thought I'd stop by and say hello. He said, strange you would catch me home, he said, because I don't, I'm not usually home at this time, but I had to stop and, and get something. Come on in. So we started visiting and, and started talking about the Lord. And, and then I asked him some questions about his spiritual life and if he knew for sure that he had eternal life. And he said, well, no, I don't. Then I asked him, I said, if you were to stand before God, And he were to ask you, why should I let you into heaven? What would you say? And he thought for a minute and he said, I suppose I would say that I'm a pretty good guy. And then he paused and he said, but that probably wouldn't work, would it? I said, no. An opportunity to share the gospel with him. And he came to know Jesus that day. Now, coincidence? Hardly. There wasn't a voice from heaven saying, go stop at this house. But just God just put upon my heart this desire. And I'm so thankful that I went. What if I would have said, well, I'll, 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 I'll go another time. Who knows? I don't know. Only God knows. But I, I look at that and I think of that. And I think, Lord... That was your divine appointment. That was you preparing this man for someone to come and and share the gospel with him. And he came to know Jesus that day. God's timing is amazing. God's preparation is amazing. 
Think of God's wisdom as well. When you think of the challenges of, of missionaries to go to a different culture, to learn another language, to do all of that preparation, and then you know, struggling with, with all those challenges in a new culture. Well, here was a man that met Philip on the road there. Philip didn't need to go to Ethiopia with him. That man could go back to his own people, his own culture, to those that he knew. And, and he went back then with a web of relationships that he already had and could share the gospel with people that he knew already. That's one of the things I'd like to know when I get to heaven. What happened when the Ethiopian unit got back, got back home? You think the Lord used him there to share what had happened in his life? To share his testimony of what happened on that desert road. To share the story of here I was, riding in my chariot, reading, my, reading the scroll. I didn't understand what's going on. And up comes this guy and says, do you understand what you're reading? I said, no, how can I? And he tells me. He pointed me to Jesus and my life has been changed. Perhaps only eternity will reveal what happened through that man's life and what has happened through the lives of many who have, who have come to, to the Lord in, in very interesting ways when God's people were willing to say, Lord, hear my, send me. When Robert Moffat, who was a missionary to South Africa, came back to, to Britain to, to share his, his mission work, he came on a very cold winter night and he went to this church and there was just a, just a handful of people. And not only just a handful of people, but the only ones there were, were ladies. Which was not a, a problem except his title of his message was, Unto you, O men, I call. <laughs> He's thinking, okay, Lord. Here I am wanting to challenge the men you know, to answer God's call and there's no men here. Well, Lord, I'm just trusting that you're going, going to work. And God did work in a wonderful way. Although no one volunteered from that group that night to come and help him in, in his mission, there was a young boy who was sitting in the organ loft. And he was uh, helping the organist that night. And he decided that he would follow the Lord, follow in the footsteps of Robert Moffat. He went to school, got his degree in, in medicine, and then spent most of his life uh, reaching the unreached tribes of Africa. You know who that was? His name was David Livingstone. Think of that. That one little boy that was there in that church that night, how God took that one young man and God used him in a, a wonderful way. What do we see here? We see that God values just one person, doesn't He? There were many that were being reached in that Samaritan city when God called Philip to go to that desert road. Why? Because there was one man there that needed the Lord. God values just that one person. And He would take Philip out of that revival to meet that one man so that he could come to know the Lord as Savior. 
The book of Acts is written to one man. Luke wrote this book for Theophilus. Spent all that time recording the whole history here for one man. The Gospel of Luke was written by Luke to the same man, to just one man. God values just one person. And He took Philip, who was willing to go, to reach that man, that Ethiopian man, who came to know the Lord as his Savior. Sometimes we say, you know, there are so many that need the Lord How am I going to reach the masses of people? How are they brought into the kingdom one at a time? And if we as one are willing to say, Lord, lead me to that one. Lord, open that door. Guide me in some way that I might have that opportunity to share. Amazing what God may do. If we're willing to say, Lord, here am I. Send me may not be overseas. For most of us, it won't be. Are we willing to go where God opens that door to share His Word? Father, thank You for Your love for this Ethiopian man who was seeking, who had gone to Jerusalem, was reading the prophet Isaiah, didn't understand what he was reading until Philip came and pointed him to Jesus. Oh God, would you do that in our lives? Would you open doors for us? Would you show your glory, your majesty, your wisdom, your timing, Lord? Uh, place in our pathway, oh God, someone maybe this week who needs to hear about you. And like Philip, Lord, give us the courage and give us the power of your Spirit to open our mouths and to preach. Jesus, who is the way, who is the truth, who is the life. Thank you, Father, for all that you've done for us. Use us, O God, as instruments of yours to proclaim your glory to a world that needs to hear of Jesus. For we pray in his name. Amen.